0: Amen. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, would you plant that vision of what we just sung about? Would you plant that in our hearts and our minds? God, as we go throughout this week, may we see you high and exalted. May we see you on your throne. God, I know we come into this house today and we've got so many prayer requests. That's the way it should be. You call this a house of prayer. You invite us to bring everything before you. There's nothing in our lives going on that is too small, too unimportant, too insignificant for you. You want to hear. You're blessed when we pray. Lord, as we bring those prayer requests, though, God, I pray we realize that ultimately all prayers are answered in that day you return. All prayers are answered when we see you on that throne. That is when all is right. Everything as it should be. Lord, I pray that is our hope. God, even in these prayer requests and the things we hope for in this week ahead, I pray we have no hope greater than to see you on your throne. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. It's in your name we ask this. Amen. Amen. Well, isn't it exciting to finally be here at grand opening? I mean, we've been talking about May 18th forever, haven't we? I mean, it just seemed like forever to get to this day, and, and now we're here, the house is open, we're up and running, and we praise the Lord. Can, can we praise Him? Can we tell God, thank you for everything He's done to bring us to this spot? Amen. I, I know people have said, well, we, we've been here, haven't we? I thought we've been here like for five or six weeks. Yeah, but now we really mean it. Now now we're really open. I tell you, it's been exciting. I, I get so excited, I think I, I start to babble sometimes. People have found that out the last couple of weeks. They, they come up and say, well, how you you liking the building? How are things going? And, and I think they're expecting maybe a, a three or a four sentence answer, but three or four hours later, you know, when they begin to literally weep and they look to heaven and they say, Lord, let it end, I realize maybe I've talked too long. Because uh, I'm pretty excited. I get pretty excited talking about the building and what's going on here. And, and uh, I, you know, to be honest with you, I wish I could take all of you on the pastor's gold pass tour. You, you'd get to see what the pastor likes in the building. And, and we talk about the building and God and, and everything he's doing here. You know, if I took you on a tour, the first place we'd go is the roof. You know, why would we go to the roof? Well, because it's the roof. It's cool up there, you know you don't belong up there, so that's, that's kind of why it's fun to, to get up there on the roof and kind of get that bird's-eye view of everything. You know, if you went on my tour, we'd go out, of course, and look at the slide, and I would tell you it's slides 23 feet tall. I've heard that in the state of Virginia, that's the tallest indoor slide. There you go. Glory to God, a slide. Now, is it the truth? I have no idea. I don't even know who starts saying that, but it sounds fun to say. So I'll keep saying it until somebody can correct me. How about the youth center, the, the youth cafe? What an incredible place for youth to gather and to build relationships, and ultimately they're building relationships with each other to build a relationship with the Lord. Of course, you're on the pastor's tour, so I take you by my office where I pray and study and <laughs> prepare the deep things of God for His... That's, that's, not the, that's not the picture of the office I had. Go, go, go to the next one. Quick, quick. Go to number five. There we go. You know what this is? This is the secret hallway. I didn't know we had a secret hallway. Well, that's why it's a secret. Now, we have... Uh up in this corner and in this corner, we have storage rooms. Well, you know, by fire code, you can't have a room you can enter, and there's not another way out. And so these rooms have exits over here, and there is a hallway that runs right along the back of there. Probably will be very rarely used. Very few people will ever know. I mean, nobody would. The only reason you know is because you're on the Pastor's Gold Pass tour. So you get to see the secret hallway. These are a few of the places I would take you. Yeah, some of my favorite places around the church. But you know what? They're not my favorite things about the church. My, my favorite things about Colonial Heights Baptist are, are actually not things here in the building. My favorite things about Colonial Heights Baptist, well, one of them's the celebration choir and orchestra here. Because you know what? I get to come in here <laughs> like you every single week. And through their ministry and their effort, I get to see the glory of God every week. They help me to worship Him and to, to enjoy Him. You know, if you were on my tour, i I'd take you to see the people. The people, not the building, the people of Colonial Heights Baptist Church. What they do week in and week out to serve, to minister, to care for people. What they've given to see all this happen. Folks, what is awe-inspiring about Colonial Heights Baptist is not a building. It's the people that are awe-inspiring, their love, their devotion, their commitment to serve our God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. But you know what? I could take you on this tour from the slide to the people and you would not have seen what you need to see here. And I would not have yet showed you what you need to see and what God has put us here to show you. What do we need to see? What what does God want you to show me? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Would you turn with me this morning to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. If you don't have a Bible with you this morning, we got Bibles in the chairs in, in front of you. They're not necessarily every chair, but you can probably look up and down the row there and see one and point to it and somebody will hand it to you. John chapter 12. John, fourth book into the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter 12. I want to begin reading in verse 20. John 12, verse 20 says this Now, some Greeks were among those who went up to worship at the festival. So they came to Philip. Philip's one of the disciples of Jesus. So they came to Philip, who was from Bethesda in Galilee, and requested of him, Sir, we want to see Jesus. Go down to verse 32. Verse 32, Jesus is speaking and he says, As for me, if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. He said this to signify what kind of death he was about to die. Now today I am concluding a sermon series while at the same time starting a sermon series. I've never had a sermon that, that concluded and started at the same time. But that's what I'm doing today. Since we've moved into the building on April 13th, we began reading and studying and praying about what we want people to see when they come to Colonial Heights Baptist. That's what we've been focusing on. And, and we've said that you know, when people come here, along with the, the slide and, and the brick and the size and the concourse and all of these other things we're so proud of, let me tell you what we really want them to see. We want them to see God's glory. When they enter this church, we want them to see God's glory. And just as important as them seeing God's glory is them seeing God's people respond to it. Folks, we just don't walk in and out of the presence of God without responding. They should see both His glory and our response. We talked about loving one another. You remember that one anothering? We talked about that. They should see that. They should see in us the compassion of Christ they should see our compassion for the world we've been praying god when when the world watches us may they see us looking at people and praying god may we see what you see when you look at people may we feel what you feel jesus when you look at people we talked about the bible remember that we said when people come to see us they should see us standing on this book right here we've got nothing to offer We've got no message, no ideas. We've got nothing that doesn't come outside of this book right here. They should see that. Now, folks, all of those things are vitally important to us being the church. They're vitally important that the world sees that in us. There's probably some other things just as important. The series is not going to go on forever. We're concluding it. Every one of them is important. There's no reason to, to rank and order them. But if there would be one thing that might rise up a little bit more, it would be that they see what these Greeks wanted to see. That when people come to this church, they see Jesus. Isn't that what we want them to see? You know, it's what God wants them to see. God wants you to see. To see Jesus. That's his purpose for your life. John 6.29 says. This is the work of God. Can you imagine that one thing? This is it. We're getting ready to tell you. This is it. The work of God. That you believe on the one he has sent. John 17.3. This is eternal life. Well you got that big philosophical question. What is life all about? Well here it's answered. Not only life but life eternal. This is it. That they, that they come to know you, the only true God, and the one who you sent, Jesus Christ. That's God's purpose for us, to know Jesus. Think of all the questions we have in life. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? What's my purpose? Who's God? What's He doing? What's His purpose? Where's He going? Folks, all of these questions, all of your questions in life, ultimately are answered in the person of Jesus. And we're either going to search out that truth during our life and lay hold of it, seize it, or we're going to spend our lives running from that truth. These individuals in scripture today that we really have no identity of them other than their nationality, they are Greeks, they sought to search out this truth. They sought to seize it. You know, there's something really very significant happening in the unfolding of Jesus' life and ministry in this point right here. In Jesus' receptivity, in the disciples' receptivity of these Greeks, you say, well, "Why is that so important?" Because Jesus is a Jew. Jesus is a Jew, and he was sent from heaven to be the Messiah to the Jews. He is the answer of all of God's promises to the Jews. There's something very Jewish going on here, but I'm not Jewish. Is Jesus for me? Is he for you? Well, as this story unfolds, we see that Jesus receives the Greeks. And even more so goes in and says, not just Greeks, but all the world, all of the world will be, will be drawn. Jesus is for you. He is for the Jews and he is for the Greeks. He is for black and white and Hispanic and Oriental. He's for young and old, rich and poor. He is for the religious and he is for the sinner. Jesus is for you. But how will they know? How, how will they know that, that Jesus is for him? I mean, we've, we've so, so many different backgrounds. We have so many different understandings of God. We've got so many hang-ups and, and problems. How will we ever come to this understanding? How will I know that Jesus is for me? Well, Jesus answers the question here. He says, when I am lifted up. Now, what does that mean? Haven't we lifted up Christ today? Man, we applaud Him and we sing to the top of our lungs. We've worshipped and we've praised. We would say, we've lifted up Christ. It's not what he's referring to here. As a matter of fact, it's interesting. As central as worship and praise is to the church, as central as worship is to the whole core of your being, you know, not one verse says people come to Christ by watching us worship. No, that's not what Jesus is referring to here when He says, when I am lifted up. No, He defines it for us. We don't have to go very far to look for the answer. Verse 33 says when He's talking about being lifted up, this is a reference to His death. If you think about it, you know that from Scripture. You've seen it in Scripture. Maybe you've seen it in movies that portrayed Scripture. That cross went down onto the ground and Jesus was laid on that cross and His, his feet and his, his hands were nailed there to that cross. And then what did they do? Did they leave Him there? No, they lifted that cross up above the earth and Jesus said when they see that they'll be drawn what draws people what draws people you know what's so interesting is so many people look at God and they define God as a God of judgment and anger and yet what God says he's using to draw is the love of God in the form of Christ on the cross isn't that what we see at the cross God's love for us isn't that one of one of our favorite most well-known verse, verses of the Bible says John 3:16 for God showed his love in this way that he gave his one and only son where on a cross for who for you Romans 5.8 says, but God demonstrates, God proves, God shows His love for you when you were at your very best, when, when you were sitting in the middle of a church service and, and worshiping and applauding, it, when, when you were all cleaned up and your life was doing as well as it had done, is that when God proved His love? No, it says there, while we were Sinners. That's when Christ died for us. That's when he went to the cross. It is the love of God displayed on the cross. That draws the world. Did the Greeks know that? Did these Greeks know anticipate that, hey, God might love me, God might want me? I think they did. I think they did just in the way they asked this question. Sir, we want to see Jesus. That doesn't jump out to us, you know, somebody, a celebrity, somebody famous in town, I'd like to see him. But when you look into the Greek language, there's something here in these words and in the structure, the grammar here of this sentence that we need to understand. When they say we want to see Jesus, they're not saying, hey, where's a good seat in the Colosseum? I mean, I like to be close. What door is he coming out of? I mean, will, will he actually walk by me? They're not saying, hey, I heard there's a parade today and Jesus and the disciples are going to be in it. Where's a good spot to stand? They're not asking for a casual glance. When they ask this question, we want to see Jesus, there's an implication. We want some face time. We want some one-on-one time. We want to be close. We want to be personal. We want to know him. Oh, the Greeks knew. Knowing and following Jesus Christ is the most significant, the most wonderful, the most important, the most meaningful thing in all of life. And it is the only thing that will carry us into eternal life with God. But you know what? As wonderful as it is, it's not always easy. And it's not always fun. No, to to know and to follow Christ might mean we... We're actually called to give up some things. Things we don't want to give up. Things that are important to us. We might be called to add some some disciplines and some habits into our lives that maybe we think is difficult. It's not always comfortable, not in this world, to know and follow Him. The world's not going to applaud you for doing this. Some may flat out reject you for doing this. But where did all this start? At the cross. So you see, whatever it means to know and to follow him, whatever he calls me to, he's calling from a position of love. He's calling out of what is loving and good for me. May not always be fun, may not always be easy, but ultimately it is what is most loving and good for me. Jesus says, when I am lifted up, I will draw all people. Now, that's an interesting phrase, isn't it? All people? I mean, all people don't follow him, do they? Well, that's a silly question. We know all people don't follow they Haven't All people haven't followed him historically. All people are not following him today. What, what does this mean, all people? It's not saying all people in the world will come to Christ. It's saying all people that come to Christ will come in this way. Through the cross. All people who truly, genuinely come to God will come this way, all of them, through an understanding of God's love for them. That He died for them. All people. The sole purpose of Colonial Heights Baptist Church is to lift up that Christ of the cross and that this world through our lives will see that God loves them. God died for them. God has so much for them. I think we call it good news, don't we? Isn't that what it's supposed to be? they are supposed to see it in us. When He is lifted up, He will draw all people. I want to draw all people. All kinds of people. And God tells us how. Lift up. Christ. Him and Him alone. When we do this here at Colonial Heights Baptist, the world will come. As I said a moment ago, we're not only ending a series on what we want them to see, but we're beginning a series. Today begins a new series on lifting up Christ. A new series. We're ending one called What We Want Them To See. Now we're beginning one. Very simply entitled, Jesus. As a matter of fact, if you look in your bulletin right in the middle column there, right in the middle of the thing there, New Jesus series. That's what this is going to be called, Jesus. No more, no less. We're going to spend the next 18, 19 weeks studying the gospel of John, getting to know our Savior. Why? To make sure this church knows who they're lifting up. To make sure we know in our lives who we're lifting up. We want to fill these walls with the preaching of Christ and Christ crucified. We want to fill our lives with the preaching of Christ and Christ crucified. We're going to be going through a wonderful study of the Gospel of John. I hope you'll be here to to study with me. To study our Savior together. So that He is effectively and faithfully lifted up in this church. Faithfully and effectively lifted up. In our lives. We've got a sign out there. It's Got a little statement under it says. Impacting our world for Christ. We add to that we're impacting our community. And our world for Christ. How do we do that? We lift up the love of God. In the form of Christ on the cross. Christ crucified. Christ resurrected. We can change the world. We can impact a whole world. Look around. Why is he giving us all this? To draw people to himself. No other reason. May we always be faithful to that business. May we always be about that business. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you in this moment. We dedicate a building. More importantly, we dedicate ourselves. We dedicate our lives. God, may our life, our work, our ministry, may all of it be for one thing, and that is to reflect the glory of God, to reflect His love for the world, and that love demonstrated at the cross. God, may it be clear in my life, in my home, may it be clear here in this church. God, we want to be dedicated to this one purpose. God, may we be for you and for you drawing the world. It is in the name of Jesus Christ that we pray this. Amen.